what's going on what's happening welcome to another installment of the first intent podcast my name is mike clement and about uh i'd say around 75 miles to my east is um my colleague here cage DePaulo. cage how are you doing i'm doing good uh is it accurate 75 miles is that like a guesstimate uh i mean it's a guesstimate because like when i'm driving back to school from like from home it says it's about like 78 ish miles okay and, and i'm not too sure and is it direct east is it southeast northeast i mean i don't want to walk straight east east from here and not get there it's southeast south so, okay i All mean right. no southwest southwest, southwest. i apologize so yes um but yeah i mean this isn't really a show of longevity <laughs> or really uh I, I don't think i use the right word there longevity longitude and latitude i don't know yeah this isn't this isn't a we travel aren't christopher podcast. columbus is, is what he's saying yeah this isn't a, this is not a travel podcast <laughs> this is a football podcast here and um we're, we're diving into week 14 here and over the past you know weekend a lot has happened a lot, <laughs> a lot. has so, been my uh, car's been in the shop oh are you talking about football still football oh but um we, we still got some headlines going around the league to address the elephant in the room here the I, i'd say the biggest headline is about kareem hunt and i'm sure if you're listening to this podcast you at least know what has gone on with kareem hunt i'm not really i don't want to go into it too much here because i mean i think what has been put out there is a lot better and a lot more thoughtful than what two amateur podcasters are about to say i would say we're slowly moving up to the novice ranks yeah we're getting there but i i think from I mean, all I'm going to say is what Kareem Hunt did necessarily is not right at all, and we do not condone any of that on the show. As we and said, I mean, we, I we previously spoke about Ruben Foster. Sorry to interrupt, but we said last week, yeah. and we obviously we don't want to repeat ourselves. It's the same situation. Um, we don't support it. I think the Chiefs did a good thing with releasing him immediately, regardless of how much it affects their team status going forward. Um, but it was a good thing. I think the NFL did a good thing on throwing him on the exempt list. We don't contone it, but it was obviously a shocking news to the league itself over this past weekend. It was. It was. And I I commend the NFL for making like such a swift motion here mm. in putting Kareem Hunt on the exempt list early. I know like there's a lot of people bashing that because they haven't had like a full investigation yet, but I think it's just I mean better safe than sorry. The NFL has screwed up a lot with disciplining players, with I mean, including those who have assaulted people. Yeah, including women. And it, it's just there's too many of it. It's a shitty thing. It needs to stop. And, uh, and I like they how did the a good NFL thing. is. They, yeah, yeah. So, uh, but let's let's not be all down. We just wanted to obviously cover that we're not going to be a professional NFL podcast if we don't bring probably the biggest news of the weekend. So let's go on a happier note, Michael. Huh? You, you agree? <laughs> Happier on note. A happier note. McCarthy is out. Ah, there we go. Day. I'm glad we're on the same page here. McCarthy is finally fired from what I feel like Packers fans have wanted since week one of this season. It definitely Maca- was. Maca- oh. Yeah, no, go right ahead, Michael. Sorry. Sorry, no, no, was, uh, go ahead. I was gonna, I was gonna say McCarthy's assistant is now out too. He got fired this morning because he went on Twitter and was just ranting. And who, who was his <laughs> the assistant? Packers organization found. I, I'm not I forget his name, but he was talking like shit about Aaron Rodgers basically, and he was like, "There needs to be discipline for this team," mm. and it, it, like the idea is right, yeah. But 
Uh, just the way he said it was not right. So he's out too. Yeah, I mean, the writing was on the wall. I mean, me, Michael and I obviously keep up with a lot of reporters and everything. And from what it seemed, McCarthy was going to be fired regardless, bearing a Super Bowl win. But when you lose 20-17 to 17 against an abysmal Cardinals team in Green Bay, which I'd like to, you know, casually point out, Michael, I did predict that the Cardinals would win that game. Just, you know, just saying last week, you can check on our it's last laughable. week's podcast. It's laughable that the Cardinals even won that game. Yeah, seeing how they have almost no players, really good players around them. They they struggle to get even the wins they had before that. So it, it makes sense that the Packers organization sent McCarthy packing immediately after. A little fun fact, I've, I did a couple little bit of research. And McCarthy is only the second Super Bowl winning head coach to be fired during the season. I believe the other one was the Colts head coach years and years ago. Obviously, Super Bowl winning head coaches have been fired, but he like not during the season, so it comes with a shock. But really, he just wasn't keeping up with the times. Like the, the Packers were running such an old fashioned style of offense. Aaron Rodgers wasn't striving. It, it needed to happen. They, the Packers were are twenty one, twenty two, and one since twenty sixteen. That's not good. Yeah, re- reports were even saying that Aaron Rodgers in like the huddle was changing McCarthy's calls this season anyway. Mm. So that just comes to show like how outdated McCarthy is. Yeah. And I mean, I'm, I'm glad that he's gone from green Bay. I think green Bay will definitely become a lot better in the years to come Yeah, without, with like a new face taking over the team. But that being said, I doubt that Mike McCarthy will be without a job for a while. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I think he'll definitely, find maybe another head coaching job if not a coordinating job i know there have been coaches like sean payton has vocally expressed he feels like this is a poor decision whether you know they think so or not clearly the packers had their mindset i'm sure he'll get a job hopefully not in cleveland but uh definitely will find his way somewhere else you usually don't let super bowl winning head coaches just stay not you know unemployed for a long period of time yeah yeah, mike mccarthy though wasn't the only coach fired this uh this past weekend in what I think honestly might be an even more surprising firing the uh, Panthers fired a couple of their assistants this couple days ago they fired their D line coach and their cornerback coach and they also demoted their defensive coordinator normally you see this stuff happen when teams are kind of like flopping around and having a lot of struggles I mean the Panthers have lost four straight so they've definitely been you know. Having some problems, I think they clearly decided it was their defensive side of the ball that the problems were coming from. Cam Newton and Christian McCaffrey seem to be doing fine. But it, you know, begs the question, is there going to be questions about the coaching staff as a whole after the season? Say if the Panthers just keep losing? what like You know what I mean, Michael? Like, What if they lose out for the rest of the season? At that point, do you question Ron Rivera? Do you question Nerve Tur- Turner? Well, what confuses me so much is that, like, the Panthers are still in the hunt here. They're like not like out of the playoff picture at all. Yeah. Like they can easily snatch up a wild card spot. And I mean, I I don't think it's definitely it's definitely not Ron Rivera or North Turner because mm-hmm. the Panthers offense has actually been doing better this year than I think in the past. Like I think they finally got Christian McCaffrey clicking and they're kind of doing something similar to like what they were doing like back in 2015 with the whole um west coast offense between cam newton and jonathan stewart yeah and i think that i think they're doing it a lot better because i i think mccaffrey has a lot of talent but 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 at the same time the panthers have 
the fourth best rushing team in franchise history going on right now. They mm-hmm. average like 140.8 yard rushing yards per game. Yeah. And like that's second in the NFL right now, but that's if the season were to end today, that would log as their fourth best rushing team in their like whole history. Well, it, it's also well but like we know their offense is fine. Like I mean, we can that's what that's what we're saying. Like their offense is fine, so it's it's confusing. But I don't think their defense was bad either. I mean, their defense was tied 11th for interceptions, like total team-wide interceptions. They were tied 20th for sacks. So, I mean, like, they're obviously not great statistically-wise. They're not like the Bears for interceptions or, you know, they're not like the Rams for sacks. But, like, they're not the dead last. Like, you don't see the... The thing is, they're not the best either. Yeah. And if they want to be like a winning team, they gotta be. They like gotta get better. The best. I, I. So I mean, I, I like that mindset where they're cleaning house just to be able to get better at that because they know their weakness. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I think that's definitely just as interesting as the Mike McCarthy getting fired, only because like, it, like you said, the Panthers are still in the hunt, unlike the Packers. And so, what does this say? Like, are they kind of giving up? I don't think necessarily, but I think, Michael, you brought up a good point where they're kind of trying to fix their weak links right now. So if they make it into the playoffs, they'll be stronger and they'll be better at those, you know, weaker sides of the ball. Definitely. I mean, in other really nice news, positive, positive vibes going all around. We got we have a couple of guys on IR now. Colt McCoy. I, I don't know if that's Rogan. positive. Uh, I, it's 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 not it's not positive at all. It's, okay. It's well, yeah. I don't but, know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't really condone injuries, Michael. Yeah. <laughs> Redskins quarterback who was starting for this week, Colt McCoy, now on IR. He broke his leg, I believe. Yep. AJ Green, the I mean the number one offensive option for the Bengals is now out just to go along with their starting quarterback Andy Dalton being out for the season too and uh also as well as today I believe it was uh the Panthers put Greg Olson talking about the Panthers still Greg Olson's on IR they did a lot of a lot of big players on IR and obviously Colt McCoy isn't as big of a player as Greg Olson or AJ Green but I more for the structure of the Redskins because Washington's whole thing was they felt very happy with McCoy being the quarterback because he knows Gruden's system he's been there for years they didn't need to like sign a guy who's never played in it and have him learn and now McCoy's out for the year so now you just signed a guy who's been there for like a week week and a half who has is still learning the system he's now your starter in Mark Sanchez and now you've got to sign another guy who has no recollection of the system and you've got to teach him just in case Mark Sanchez gets hurt which by the by yeah, it's yeah. not and, it's not Colin Kaepernick so you know it's a yeah i mean we'll go we'll go into that more in depth later mm-hmm. when we preview the Redskins game definitely but um a couple other things that happened in week 13 kind of more of a recap the, now yeah the jags beat the colts which is surprising 60 um, but the, fun fact for you michael i, I just in case yes. if you uh, thought my fun facts were over with last week do you <laughs> know the last time the colts got shut out when was the last time that the Colts got shut out? It was last year. Do you know who the Colts were playing? Um, I'm not sure, but at the same time, Andrew Luck was not playing. So it was the Jaguars. I'm not really going to credit. Really? The Jaguars were the last team I mean, to the shut Jaguars out the Colts. Had, the Jaguars had a better team last year, and the Colts had a worse team. So I, I, uh, I, this, not to discredit that fact. But. True. Very, very true. But just saying it's very interesting their last shutout was also against the same team. 
I think this game was really weird. Just, I mean, doing our, obviously we're going to do really quick recaps of what we think were big points of from last uh, last week. I mean, it was 6-0. It's not like the Jaguars dominated the Colts. You can tell it was a defensive game. Yeah, but the Colts could have done a better job on offense. I, I definitely like, agree. Not get shut out. I mean, it snapped the Jaguars' losing streak, and it snapped Indy's winning streak. So, And, I mean, now, at the end of the day, the big point about all of this is now Indy is now three games behind Houston instead of two. So it's going to yeah. be really tough for them to take that division now with how hot Houston's been. No. Maybe Indy can sneak into a wild card spot from here, but yeah, I mean, things are it's kind gonna, of looking weird in the AFC East. Yeah, or I mean, AFC, AFC South, East, AFC, AFC South, Michael. Um, well, yeah, AFC as a whole, but they're in the AFC South. But speaking of Texans and how they're back, actually, the Texans continue their win streak uh, from last from the previous weeks after beating the Browns on Sunday. They now are in a nine-game winning streak. They are the only team to start zero and three and do that. They are also. The only they are not also they have now also broke their franchise record for longest winning streak, and as well as that, they're going to probably break the odds. I don't know if you know this or not, Michael, but I was doing some research before a podcast, and every when a team starts zero and three in the NFL since the nineteen eighties, they have had a two point eight percent turnaround where those zero and three teams made the playoffs. Only 2.8% of 0-3 teams since 1980 have made the playoffs. And, I mean, I don't think there's a way the Texans don't make the playoffs. Yeah, they would. something seriously, like, would have to go wrong for yeah. them to, like, miss the playoffs at this point. So, it's beyond remarkable what's going on in Houston with their winning streak and how well they've been playing. And, honestly, they could finish 13-3. and They could go on a 13-game winning streak. We'll get more into this during the preview, but... Their final four games are in Houston against the Colts, in New York against the Jets, in Philly against the Eagles, and at home against the Jaguars. The only game I think is a serious threat might be going to Philly, but even then I think Houston can win that game with how well they've been playing. Yeah, Philly's getting hot right now, so that'll definitely be a good game. Mm. Um, But, I mean, going on the flip side from the Texans' win streak here, another AFC team has completely completely tanked this season and as we may know i I don't want to name any names here but oakland (laughs) um yeah the oakland raiders are falling apart as we all know and i'll i mean we've been we've been asked this week to kind of talk about addressing their new head coach john gruden cage would do you think that the raiders goofed by getting gruden and either signing gruden just to begin with or I mean, even just bringing him in for such a large contract that he has. He has a 10-year, multi-million dollar contract. Oh, boy. I wasn't so, I wasn't ready to, to roll up the sleeves this early for this, Michael. You, you threw we're, a curveball on me. We're rolling up the sleeves. So, so, basically, our discussion question is, do we think the Raiders messed up giving John Gruden that 10-year contract? Which, yes. numbers have come out, we should preface. We're not going to use the monetary value on how big the contract is because... Technically, under NFL rules, owners, coaches, players are not allowed, or they don't, sorry, they don't have to disclose a owner's, or not an owner's, owners are the ones that are a GM's or a coach's salary. They don't have to. A GM or a coach or their agent can come out and say that, but that is not public needed information like a player. So we technically have heard numbers of what John Gruden is being made, but it 
it's not official official. So we'll just all we know is he's a ten year contract and he's making a lot of money. Yeah, that's that's why I yeah. said multi million yeah. because that could mean like two million or like three hundred million. million. Yeah, so we we couldn't we couldn't tell. I personally believe, and I'll let you speak your piece, Michael. I think it was still a smart move. I definitely don't think we should sit here with them, the record they are two and ten, and say this was terrible already. We have to take into a lot of things into account when talking about this discussion. The Raiders, when they were looking for a coach, they wanted somebody that will be there when they move to Vegas because they don't want to have to sign someone for like a four-year deal. Say he flopped for two years and now all of a sudden you're moving to Vegas and you need to find a new head coach. So they wanted to find someone with stability that they know could last. John Gruden's been in the organization before. He's a very well-known coach over the last couple decades. And I mean, it was smart for even giving him the job offering because they knew is they knew what he had in the past. He's coached for them before. He's you know he's brought in teams before to a Super Bowl before. He's good. I just think this year is kind of tough because John Gruden has taken such a big control of this team, and we as spectators have just seen him kind of just get rid of players, get rid of players, and that's what normally happens when a new head coach comes in. I mean, they, they get rid of players they don't like. Yes, Khalil Mack, that could arguably be one of the worst trades ever if the Raiders really don't get good players with the picks. But clearly Gruden didn't think he needed him. Clearly Gruden didn't think he needed Cooper. Like, he made these decisions because he feels like he's building a team for Vegas. He is build, not building a team for Oakland, whether that means you can take that as he's tanking, he's not tanking. He is not trying to win in Oakland. He's trying to get to Vegas in 2020 and go win a Super Bowl. And I kind of took apart some notes, looked some stuff off. They have draft capital. The Raiders have three first-round picks next year and 12 total picks in that whole 2019 draft. They have two first-round picks in 2020 and nine total in that draft as of now. So moving into 2020, the year they'll start in Las Vegas, they would have at the very, like, at least they drafted 21 different players, five in the first round, five first round draft picks in two years. When you move to a new city, that's a lot of hopefully young potential, big players you'll be putting around your team. So I think Gruden is doing the right thing right now, not right now for the future. So I don't think the Raiders messed up. I think they're just accepting it and they're just realizing, listen, like, if we're in Vegas and we're still 2-10 sucking, get Gruden out of here. But at the very least, they have to believe what he's preaching in that they're going to be in Vegas in Super Bowl contenders. Michael, I'd love to hear what you think. Well, you see, I really liked your points there. I, I really like those, I mean, statistics like where, I mean, showing that the Raiders are, pro- are they're, they're going to be really well off once they go to vegas Mm. the thing is what really irks me yeah is just it it just really irks me that the raiders just imploded like this right now they i mean khalil mack he's what like he's probably going to be defensive player of the year Uh, i think aaron donald will win it but i think it'll be him or aaron donald yeah it's going to be either him or aaron donald but just to say that khalil mack has gotten this close to winning defensive player of the year and just for the Raiders at the beginning of the season to just go and like be like okay bye I mean he just because of Khalil Mack's contract I I think that Khalil Mack is worth that money 
But, I mean, I, I think that the Raiders definitely should have built around him instead of just flipping him for, like, almost nothing. Yeah, I, I mean... And the same thing same thing for Amari Cooper, because Amari Cooper is a young guy. He was doing well under Jack Del Rio, and just comes to show, I mean, under a guy like Jack Del Rio, <laughs> that this team was doing well offensively. Yeah, I mean, Jack Del Rio was a defensive-minded coach, but I'll also just kind of put in what I was going to say a couple seconds ago was... Khalil Mack's already won defensive player of the year. He won in 2016, then Aaron Donald won last year. I mean, so yeah, it's going to be between one of the two, but we know they're arguably the two best defensive players in the league. They're they're insane. I get what you're saying. I just feel like we need to not view it in a biased-based opinion on they're stupid, why'd they get rid of Khalil Mack? More so, like I said, you just have to kind of realize they don't care about winning in Oakland. They've they've basically burned every bridge with that city of Oakland. Their owner, like they they basically told Oakland to screw off. They're going to Vegas and they're just using their city as a home field for sixteen eight eight more games. Uh, unless they have a couple more, but eight more games next year and then however more they have this year, and that's it. Like they, well, you see, oh, no, go well, right ahead, you, Michael. You see, like I I. I think, in a sense, Gruden has done a good job with, I mean, what, like, the Raiders organization is about right now. They're just being like, just screw everything, we're starting over again. Mm -hmm. But as as a as a football purist here, I'd like to call myself, I, I, I just, I never liked the idea of that, just, I, I just agree. trashing everything and starting anew. But I know it has to happen sometimes, but... I don't think it needed to happen with the Raiders, like especially this quickly. I, I think – I just think – I agree. It, it sucks to see, but you have to realize it has to happen. I mean, especially as a fan of the Browns, I, I saw it happen firsthand when they went 1-31. Granted, a lot of that people say was had Hugh Jackson had poor head coaching or whatnot. But Hugh Jackson came in and they were just like, listen – we we don't need we need to just start from the bottom. I mean, if you remember Hugh Jackson's first year, they got rid of players like Alex Mack, Travis Benjamin. They got rid of Craig Robinson or yeah Robertson, who were all huge key play. Uh, to Sean Gibson, one of the best safeties in the league. They just scrapped them all because they were like, we need to start from ground one. They need to start from the beginning. They have cap space, and you hate to see it because it's annoying because you want every team to be competitive. But this team just isn't competitive. Derek Carr looks like he's really the only one trying on this team. Like, So it sucks, but you get why they're doing it. Because they want to do this and they want to start from the beginning with all these young pieces. So in two years, when they're starting in Vegas, these young pieces are hopefully the top spots, the top players in their positions in the league. I mean... You can dream of that, but it's never a given. You're right. It is. And it I isn't. Feel, and they could fly. I, mm -hmm. I feel like this implosion is just kind of like pissing Derek Carr off too. It like, is, but are, also, are they, are do you think Derek assume... Carr? Do you think Derek Carr is going to be the quarterback next year? I think he is. He he's what well, he's getting paid a lot by Oakland. Yeah, but there's so, there are ways Oakland can get around that. I mean, you're right. But I, I I don't think he will. I, I, I'm a Derek Carr elitist. I think Derek Carr's a good quarterback. I think he broke his leg, and it's very tough to come back from that. And I think he's still kind of not what he was in his MVP candidate year a couple seasons ago. But I think Derek Carr's a good quarterback. I just think from everything you see, he doesn't fit Gruden's mold. Of, he doesn't fit Gruden's personality. 
I think he d could go for a new scenery. I think he would thrive somewhere else, and I feel like there's a chance he's not playing there when they're in Vegas. I, I, I think the latter here. Mm -hmm. I, I'd really, I'd really think the Raiders would be screwing up if they got rid of Carr. But I mean, they got like, rid of Khalil Mack, and I mean, yeah, there's only so many like franchise players on your team that you can just dump. To like other teams yeah but look at it michael they thought just being a dumpster fire like a year ago two years ago like nfl the league reporters it was like the big three Carr, cooper and mac they they were the studs of oakland they they were the keys to this team and jay gruden without a thought him and reggie mckenzie shipped two of them away yeah i mean you really don't think they're gonna ship Derek Carr away to let me rephrase it at least would you be surprised if they did I would not be surprised if they did, but it would. I would be really disappointed if they did. Yeah, I, I mean, going kind of like going back more to the main focus on if we think the John Gruden signing was stupid of the Raiders. I, I, I don't think so. I think only time can tell. Kind of like what we said with Saquon Barkley last week. I just think that people yeah. kind of have to realize and sit back and say like. It's not like they signed him to win the Super Bowl this year. It's not like they signed him to win the Super Bowl next year. The, there's a reason they gave him a 10-year contract. It's because, listen, we're giving you a few buffer years to get this super team. And then we want to just be like, obviously, you, you don't know. They might not. But they want to be like a power team for years. They want to be like the Seahawks in like 2013 to 2015. They want to be like the Patriots for the past 10 years so they're they're kind of giving them this leg room where we're like we're going to give you this monster contract you're here to stay just get your pieces together do whatever you have to do and gruden's like all right send off khalil mack send off amari cooper you know cut bruce Irvin. you know cut all these players and he's just like i'm gonna fold this team right this season but i'm gonna sign big players i'm gonna use the millions of draft picks I have get good players and soon enough I'll have Gruden's team and we'll be winning in the playoffs. So I don't think it was a dumb, I don't think it was a dumb pick. I mean, overall, I'm, I don't even like John Gruden that much to begin with. John Gruden, if you're listening to this right now, for some reason, John Gruden is actually a listening? very big fan of first and 10. I don't yeah. know if you first saw of all, the, um, first of all, Gruden, why are you listening to this? Monday's all, uh, Monday quarter, uh, not quarterback head coach pre press conferences. I actually was watching and he verbally said that uh, he was listening to first and 10 and they brought up some really great points. So if you're a fan of John Gruden, you should definitely <laughs> is, be a fan of us. <laughs> this is borderline a little slanderous, but um, yeah, only but, a little yeah, bit, though. Uh, a little bit. Um, I think overall, it's too early to say that Gruden like was a bad pick or a bad pickup for the team. He wasn't a pick, Michael. Honestly, I don't know if you know this or not. He was a coach, not a player. Well, yeah, that's why I said pickup. Um, I don't. I, I, I think that like at the end of the day, we'll, we'll need more time to tell. I just don't like what the organization is doing right now, and that's probably what has me so upset. But. I just I gotta just sit back and watch, mm. trust the process, you know. Okay, I I agree, I agree. I have a I have another another kind of smaller discussion question to ask Ooh. you, Michael. I'm I'm interested. Do you think Do you think the Seahawks are contenders? Honestly, I think they have a shot. 
You think so? Their running game, their running game is getting going. They've won what four straight now? Oh, uh, three straight, three straight, three straight. Mm-hmm. Um, I I could see them making a playoff run. Yeah. At the at the same time, I don't think they're gonna make it that far. You don't think it's like similar to like the Titans in the playoffs last year? They made it, but like you can't really take down like the Rams or something. Yeah, I I mean, I think the Seahawks going on you know to the NFC to like a different kind of tone. I think the Seahawks can make a push. I mean, I was kind of doing some notes. That's why I want to ask you this. I was looking up some other stuff for when we, you know, go over our week 14 game previews and stuff. I find it interesting. They've, you know, they've won three straight, but they haven't really beaten good teams. Like their three straight are against the Packers, the Panthers, and the 49ers. And I feel like these three wins are what's getting everybody to be like, oh my God, Seahawks are back. Seahawks are still in this. Because like people see they won three straight and everyone gets excited. But then you see the teams they beat and like the best team out of those three is the Panthers, which we still feel like there's clearly trouble going on in Carolina, at least on the defensive side of the ball. Looking at like some of Seattle's stats, they, they're 19th in offensive yards per game. They're 19th in defensive yards per game allowed. So they're apparently like right around the middle, man. Um, it's kind of like they're an okay team. I feel like they've definitely kind of, they're streaking at the right time. They're definitely now is the time, if any, to make a playoff push that they should be winning these games regardless of how good or bad the teams are. So they're at least kind of getting their gears rolling. Their last four games, Michael, I'll read them off. Let me see what you think. They have to play the Vikings in Seattle. They play in San Fran. They play... The, the Vikings game is going to be huge. That, and, mm-hmm. I mean, I think... I mean, we're obviously going to get more into it with our previews coming up. Well, this, this is probably a good segue into that. Yeah. But, I mean, like, I think that Minnesota game is going to make or break the team. I agree. I, I mean, but then after that, they play in San Fran. Then they play the Chiefs That's in Seattle. Funny. Then they play the cards in Seattle. So, I mean, this team could finish 2-2, two and two, or this team could finish 4-0. Oh. Like, it's going to be very tough. You assume the San Fran and cards games are gimmies. But like you said, we'll get into the Vikings one later. That's obviously going to be what one of the biggest games of the week and huge for both teams playoff-wise. But it, I feel like Seattle is definitely – it's good that they got – these three-game winning streaks, regardless of how good the teams are, they're going to need it to play the Vikings and the Chiefs. But you definitely, if they're going to make a big push, I at least feel like they've got to win these last four out. Like, they've got to just keep streaking and riding this streak into the playoffs if they want to even have a chance against, like, these better teams like the Rams and the Saints. I agree. They they at least got to go three and one for the mm-hmm. rest of the season. A hundred percent. That's that's just that's just, those are just my thoughts. I a hundred percent agree. But yeah, this is a this is a good segue into us talking about week fourteen action here. Um, so I mean, on Thursday night we have the Jags and Titans, and KJ, I believe you have that game. Yep. So uh, I'll start this time since my uh, cohort yeah. Michael started last week. Our Thursday night games are going into our week fourteen preview for the show. The Jags at Tennessee. Uh, Jaguars, as we said earlier, shut out the Colts in a, a lovely 6-0 and game. Then the Titans actually beat the Jets as well, so both are coming off wins. Michael actually brought up a very interesting statistic to me that the Titans are 27-20 and all-time against the Jaguars, which I was equally shocked about as well. I, I feel like that's yeah, definitely... I don't think... I don't think the Titans have lost to the Jaguars since, I think, around Christmas Eve of 2016. 
So that, yeah, so that's definitely interesting because I feel like you assume the Jaguars, but I feel like we also assume that because the Jaguars have been the better team the last year and a half at least. I mean, Titans obviously are better this year kind of but not really they're like a weird team where like they crush the patriots but then they get smacked by the colts so i don't know this is also cody kessler's first primetime start in his career and leonard fournette is back so i think those are definitely big things to take into account leonard fournette being back is a huge help for this jaguars team but cody kessler playing in primetime i mean he finally won his first game so hats off to my usc quarterback a little Round of applause for Cody Kessler. But now he's got to play immediately in primetime in Tennessee. I don't think the Jaguars win this one. I think the Titans being at home, and I think even the Titans are still in the playoff hunt, Michael. I don't know if you're aware of that. They're right outside. Yeah, they're like right outside like the sixth seed. So these last games, the Titans have to win. I think they know that, and I think they're going to take advantage of Kessler's inexperience. I'm going with the Titans on this one. I, I agree with that. I mean, I think home field advantage for this game for the Titans is going to be huge. Mm-hmm. Like their their only problem this game, the only thing that's keeping them from being like a lock win, is the Panthers. I mean, not the Panthers, the Jaguars' defense. Yeah. Um, I think yeah, the Jaguars' yeah, defense has I, to play great to win this game, and I don't think they do that. Yeah, I I, I agree. I'm mm. I'm going Titans. I'm I'm also I'm sticking with the home team. I'm going Titans. Might be a little dangerous, but so not as dangerous the, as Baker Mayfield. Yeah, we have um we also have the Panthers and Browns in Cleveland. It's a it's a weird matchup. You never really see the Panthers and Browns play each other that much. But I mean nonetheless, uh, I mean well, the Panthers Michael, are... that that would be because one's in the NFC, one's in the AFC. Well, yeah, that's that's why. Yeah, just I, I think we I think we both knew that. But anyways, this is this is uh, I mean, I think this is a big game for both t- teams' running backs here. This is mm-hmm. a, the huge game for McCaffrey, a huge game for Nick Chubb. Oh, Greg Olson was put on IR today. So I think that kind of depletes a lot of option passing options for the Panthers besides, like, DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel. Yeah. The- um, but but uh, like, like I said earlier, the Panthers have the best – I mean, the second-best rushing team in the league right now. Yeah, so only behind Seattle, I believe, at. right? I think so, yeah. Mm. Yeah, so, I, I mean, that'll be interesting. I mean, but also you have to take into account, I think it being in Cleveland is big. Um, the Browns have played at least relatively okay at home. I think if it was in Carolina, it'd be a different story. I also think the Panthers' defensive woes could play into the Browns' advantage. We see Baker Mayfield plays well when he's playing against struggling defenses. And, I mean, he definitely kind of got his gear together in the second half against the Texans when it seemed lost. He was kind of putting stuff together, 350 yards. I think he does well against the Panthers' defense. Who do you think is going to win the game, though, Michael, is the question. I'm going to say I'm going to go Panthers on this one mm-hmm. because I, I feel like McCaffrey is, is probably going to take over this game. But, I mean, though on paper the Browns – look more tantalizing to win this one i I think i think the panthers have to end their losing streak somewhere okay i'm gonna i'm gonna go with the browns i think it'll be close i think the panthers losing streak it keeps they they just keep losing i think their defensive problems are way bigger than firing two assistant head coaches i think cam newton's going to take advantage of the browns 
defense with you know Denzel Ward right now in the concussion protocol and Larry Ogunjobi out or at least injured as well I just think Baker Mayfield will be able to score more points since it's at home yeah that makes sense yeah Uh, speaking though of uh rookie quarterbacks Lamar Jackson even though Michael and I adamantly have said in the past few weeks that he needs to sit he needs to learn he's still raw he is 3-0 Michael (laughs) Lamar Jackson must also, like John Gruden, be a fan of first and ten because he apparently listens every week and just puts that chip on his shoulder that we talk about and just balls out because he beat the Falcons in Atlanta, even though the two of us felt like it was an away game, so we felt he would struggle. Granted, their defense was a big part of that win. We're not going to disclose that, I will say. Not, you know, not trying to stick with our Lamar Jackson naysaying, but I think the defense were definitely a huge part still in this in the reason for the win but they go off to kansas city now which i don't know if you know this michael but the chiefs are a little bit of a better team than atlanta this season yeah the chiefs are looking pretty good this year i mean not like too good but like kind of okay yeah it's you know just just a little bit jackson may be three and oh but patrick mahomes has not lost a game in kansas city either so two undefeated records one is going to end This was an interesting matchup, though, Michael, because I looked into it a little bit. And Baltimore currently has the number one ranked defense generally, but specifically in points per game allowed. They're number one, and they usually only allow 17.8 points per game. Very low. Do you know what the Chiefs, how many points the Chiefs usually put up a game, Michael? A lot. Yeah, a lot. Yeah, that's safe to say. The Chiefs put up around 37.2 points per game, which is number one in the league. So you have the number one scoring defense against the number one scoring offense. Something's got to break. Something's got to break. It it was really tough for me to pick a winner for this game because usually you always, you know, make the argument saying defenses usually always win in this situation. Like the Ravens defense is going to win. I... I don't know though. I think at first I was going to I was going to go Ravens, but I just feel like even though the Ravens defense, you know, kind of allows that little points per game, I just think Patrick Mahomes is playing so well and I think it being an Arrowhead, one of the toughest stadiums to play in as of late. I I don't think he still loses to this team because I think they're just not going to their defense isn't going to be able to do enough to win the game with Lamar Jackson playing in such a tough situation as well. I'm going to go with the Chiefs still winning this game. I, I agree. Um, the, I mean, the Chiefs, it's, it's going to be a close game, I feel, mm-hmm. just to give like the Ravens. It'll, ha- it'll have because... a lot of playoff implications because the Ravens yeah. have to win. They have to win this game because if they, they, I think they're currently the sixth seed right now, so they really can't afford to lose any games. The Chiefs have to win because if the Chiefs lose, then the Patriots are right in there for the number one seed in the AFC. So you know the Patriots are rooting for the Ravens to win this game. There's just this is yeah. a very heavily important AFC playoff picture, kind of like the one you're covering next with the Colts at the Texans. Yes, yes, but I mean, I, I just closing thoughts on this game. I, I think a win for the Ravens is possible. Mm-hmm. But that being said, if it if the Ravens do pull out a win, it's probably going to be one of the biggest upsets that we'll see for the rest of the season. I agree. I, I would definitely I think it would definitely you could argue it's one of the bigger upsets of the season, a hundred percent. Yeah. And it wouldn't even be that much of an upset because like the Ravens are in there for the playoff picture. It's just so. I just think you think of how good the Chiefs are, and I think you still think Lamar Jackson kind of hinders them a little bit from being this like great team this year. So I think that's why you would consider it being a big upset. 
almost like breaking a nine game winning streak that's a big upset too yeah well we'll we'll see what happens but um moving on to the next game we got colts texans featuring two two comeback of the year candidates we have andrew luck and we have jj watt and deshaun and watson playing against and deshaun watson there are three of them <laughs> and they're they're all playing together or against each other really um <laughs> the, the texans are looking for the 10th straight win and cage if if you recall i think that it's safe to say that the texans turning point at the beginning of the season was in week four against guess who the colts the colts, Ooh. The colts yeah um, interesting th- that's that's where they ended their losing streak and that's where their win streak began so i, I was not aware of that yeah it's it, crazy how things happen like that but but yeah the colts are coming off a loss texans are coming off yet another win at the same time you can't discredit the colts here because their offense has been so so hot andrew luck's been or a lot or, like or a lot better than last year compared to oh 100 percent. i mean andrew luck honestly should be in the consideration for mvp for how well he's been playing down the stretch and I think having I Marlon Mack or at least having a running game and finally a good offensive line has helped. But yeah, Andrew Luck's been playing really good football lately. I agree. So I think I think I might want to take the Colts for this game just to just to pick the underdog here. Because Really? I, yeah. I, I, I will. I, I I want I'm gonna keep this tidbit until the end because a certain Colt is going to be part of my grandma's cookies. Oh, all right. Um, foreshadowing a little bit here, folks. Foreshadowing a foreshadowing little bit. Foreshadowing on first I, and I, ten. I think, I think the Colts could make a splash offensively and just outscore the Texans. Okay. How, how, what are your thoughts, Cage? I, I think, you know, this wasn't really my game to go over, I but, like, given my quick thoughts, I, I think the Texans' defense, especially seeing it against the Browns last week firsthand, is really good like tyron matthew or I, I i feel like i'm butchering his name a little bit but you know tyron matthew he's been playing really good football uh jj watt whitney merciless jadavian Clowney are a really good pass rush and i think this colts offensive line will kind of be put through the test again i i want the colts to win i feel like they have the like the power and the ability to win I just think it being in Houston, and I think the Texans are just on such a good win streak. I think they're still going to beat the Colts. I think Deshaun Watson is still going to be Deshaun Watson and win this game for them using his legs and his arms. That's 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 fair. That's yeah, but I mean, you know who it, also wins games using his legs and arms? The Tom Brady. The Tom Brady, Mister 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 One Mister One Thousand. Only took him 19 years, but he finally did it. And uh, ride... He can finally retire now. <laughs> he can finally ride off into the sunset. And for Mr. 1000 is uh, taking those speedy Gonzalez limbs of him and running all the way to Miami to play the Dolphins. And what I think is one of the bigger trap games of the week, personally, I think this is going to be a very tough game for the Patriots. So tough. I honestly don't know if they'll win. I was looking into information, and Tom Brady has lost four of his last five games in Miami. We all know Miami is a very tough stadium to play in because of how hot it is. There's so many teams in the league that just aren't used to that kind of weather and playing conditions. Furthermore, I don't know if you've ever looked it up, Michael, or anybody watching. If you see how the Dolphins stadium is built, it's crazy. So their stadium is built where their home team is underneath 
the roof, the half roof they have. So their home team's bench and sidelines are always in the shadow. But the away team doesn't get any shadow unless if it's like a night game. Like the way it's like the only smart thing that the Dolphins have ever done. Yeah, it's it's kind of crazy how they engineered that and messed up. So like they're t- like away teams just sit there in the baking sun while the home team just. I don't think just... that's a. I don't really think that's an architectural mess up. I think that's no. I think that's planned. Premeditated. Yeah, a hundred percent. I guarantee you the the owner and the GM and you know all like you know the the people who have stocks invested in the Dolphins sat there and were just like, oh, do this right away. Give our teams, give our team some shade. Let the away team bake in the sun. But regardless of that, it's going to be very tough from a team in new England where it's like 34 and freezing right now outside going to like a 90 degree weather to play the dolphins yeah. though. They, they're not like, this isn't a good dolphins team though. So I'll kind they, of give that really to the Patriots. The dolphins started three and zero this season and it's funny to think because like everyone already pegged them as pretenders when they started 3 and 0. They actually lost their first game against the Patriots. You know, because the like you saw the players on their team, no one was spectacular. But since they went 3 and 0, they've only gone 3 and 6. And I'm pretty sure most of those 3 wins, I think at least 2 of them were from Brock Osweiler. Hashtag #brocktober as I always say. But look at these st- team stats, Michael. So their leader in throwing yards this season is Ryan Tannehill and he's only thrown 13 yards in 14 weeks granted he missed a couple weeks but still only 13 yards Frank Gore who's like 87 years old and like comes out of the retirement home every Sunday night to play football has only rushed for 616 yards Danny Amendola is their leading receiver and he's only like ran for 470 yards where, like, you have teams who have running backs who are in the thousands. You have teams with wide receivers who are in the thousands. Quarterbacks are going to hit, like, 5,000. And, like, Ryan Tannehill's hopeful he can hit 2K by the end of the year. Yeah. It's With that being said, though, I, I still think, honestly, I think the Dolphins will still win. As abysmal as this Dolphins team really has been this season, I think they're still going to lose this game. Or, uh, sorry, I think the Patriots are still going to lose this game just because... Tom Brady and the Patriots don't play well in the heat down in Miami. They always struggle. I, I think the Dolphins are going to get their revenge. I think Danny Amendola. They, the Patriots have struggled against ex-Patriots players and coaches. Let's just point that out there. Uh, I think Danny Amendola is going to get his revenge game, and I think the Dolphins are going to win this one today, this week. Well, see, this is kind of where we diverge a little bit because it is a known fact that New England struggles when they play at Miami, but just like for the Patriots, as just it would just be a Patriots thing for them to just turn around and be like, okay, we're gonna win this one. Yeah, but the Patriots because, have also struggled away. I mean, think about it. All three of their losses well, this here, season are away. Here. This is a similar situation from what we saw when they went to Jacksonville back in early the season. Mm-hmm. It was like sweltering there, and that was probably one of the reasons that the Patriots lost. Right now, it's in December. They're going into Miami. It's about probably, I'd estimate, 60, 70 degrees in Miami. It's it's pretty comfortable. So I don't think a weather is going to be a factor here. And when you take the weather out, like you would with most games, it's what? It's the Patriots who are two or three seed. It's going AFC to be team. eighty around 86 in Miami on Sunday. Okay. It's, so it's going to be hot. But the at the same time the Patriots 
we know they're the better team. And yeah, I mean the stats don't lie. The standings don't lie. I agree, I, but I, I, I think the Patriots will take this one and fairly easily. I, 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 I suppose we'll see, but I agree what you're saying. The Patriots are the better team, but I mean history doesn't lie. When the Patriots this year have struggled on the road, have struggled against former Patriots players and coaches, and Tom Brady alone just does not play well in Miami. So I, I guess that's where I see the Dolphins. You'll see us next week. Either I'll be uh, gloating or Michael will be, you know, strutting his stuff about the Pats winning. So <laughs> only time, I guess, yeah. will tell Michael. Yeah. I mean, we're, yeah. We're, we're um, so Cage, let's take, um, let's go up a couple states north into um, the District of Columbia here. Or I think actually the Redskins play in Where Virginia. the controversy. I think they play like in. They play in Virginia or something. I don't know. But, but the controversy here is much hotter than the weather in Miami, Michael. That was that was a that was a good transition. But anyways, you. we have the Giants against the Redskins here. Um, so first, um, first and foremost, the Redskins are certainly without their starting quarterback. Alex Smith went down, and now Colt McCoy, their backup, has went down. So we have the Sanchez going on here in Washington with Adrian and Peterson. Also, and Adrian Peterson. Mark Sanchez is an elite um he's elite on the handoff here. Yeah. <laughs> His I first play that he came in, he gave the ball swiftly to Adrian, Adrian Peterson. Peterson, unlike anyone else who and Adrian quickly, Peterson ran who quickly lost about twelve years of his life and became twenty eight again, or however old he would have been, and ran a ninety yard touchdown. Yeah. Are that's you just you know that's just some Sanchez magic there. Well, are you but aware, also, Michael? Just quickly continuing about that before you go on your game, uh, your game preview. Adrian Peterson is one of two running backs ever to have a ninety-plus touchdown run and not finish the game with a hundred yards. Yeah, I don't, I don't think he actually took a single snap after. Uh, yeah, that, that was like, it. He <laughs> ran for ninety like, yards, and then Jay Gruden was just like, "All right, you're good, AP. You can go back in the locker room. <laughs> you can go sit down." Yeah, but uh, you yeah. you may continue your preview. Well, there's just one thing that I want to present mm-hmm. before I go further into the game itself. Who the fuck is Josh Johnson, <laughs> and why did the Redskins sign him? <laughs> Well, is it official yet, or I think it's going to be official today? Correct. No, it, it was a, it was official. It's it, official. It came out just hours ago. Well, John, Josh Johnson. Let me let me tell you. Uh, live, I am I'm looking up right now. Josh Johnson's Wikipedia. <clears throat> Joshua Javen Johnson, born May fifteenth, nineteen eighty six, is an American football quarterback for the Washington Redskins of the National Football League. He played college at San Diego and was drafted by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the two thousand and eight draft. A journeyman quarterback, Johnson has also been a member of the 49ers, the Sacramento Mountain Lions, the Cleveland Browns, the Cincinnati Bengals, the New York Jets, the Indianapolis Colts, the Buffalo Bills, the Baltimore Ravens, the New York Giants, the Houston Texans, right. and now the Alrighty. Oakland Raiders. So so what you're saying is here that he's he's just been around. He he's, is, just, he's been there. but he, he hasn't done anything, but he's just been with teams. He's just been with teams, and he's a better quarterback than Colin Kaepernick. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... Kaepernick, like I, I, I guess I, I don't understand why teams have. We we won't not, get into more we're, controversy. We're not, we're not getting here. political here. Yeah, we're not going to get political. We won't get political, I mean, but I think I think that just talent alone, Colin Kaepernick should be on a team. Well, and we're going to leave it at that. Yes, but anyways, so the Giants are coming in 
to to Washington. They're coming off a huge win against Chicago. They managed to beat the which Bears was giant. in that, overtime. Which was giant, I guess you could say. A giant yeah. win against Chicago. That was, like, the one time where I, like, looked at, like, a team, and I was like, man, Aldrich Rosas did well. Like, <laughs> like cr- specifically crediting their kicker. I Like, he hit, like, two, like, 50-plus yard, like, field goals. I don't know how many times we ever as football fans ever look at a kicker and be in if it's not justin tucker steven gostowski or adam vinatieri and just be like wow yeah they really played well they they balled out today <laughs> good job yeah. kicker i mean rosas was uh he's nfc special teams player of the week which means absolutely so. nothing but it's you know <laughs> that's something cold. like his mom i'm sure will kind of print out that like instagram post saying it and like put it on her fridge i'm sure like that's at least some kind of sentiment right it's got it's got sentimental value yeah yeah exactly but, um, also for also for the giants landon collins is out with the mm. shoulder injury so that's 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 huge yeah um other than that i i, I could see, i i feel like the ball is in new york's court here to take it Mm-hmm. What, yeah. what are your thoughts Kate? i think i think the giants now with all these injuries at the quarterback for the for washington i think they definitely have a better chance i, I don't see mark sanchez and adrian peterson as much as i would love for the sanchez and ap to win a super bowl on the redskins together the best timeline i don't imagine them beating this giants team like we kind of said last week i think the alex smith injury honestly just kind of broke washington's season it ended it just like andy dalton like these quarterback injuries like the 49ers when when jimmy garoppolo got hurt their season was basically over and i think the same things here with washington i think landon collins potentially being out for the year like obviously isn't good for the giants but for this week i think they're still gonna win this game i don't think they're gonna stop uh, like saquon barkley is gonna be stopped I'm sure Odell's going to have a good game. He'll probably throw another 50-plus yard touchdown since Odell Beckham Jr. is the best quarterback on the Giants roster. <coughs> and I'm telling you, this is an official first and 10 take. OBJ should be taking snaps under center. I think the Giants are going to win. <laughs> Big if true. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I think the Giants... I mean, it would, it, the Giants would become even more of a laughing stock if it, they were to lose this game. To Mark Sanchez, potentially Josh Johnson, because the Redskins' luck lately has not been good. And honestly, I hope Mark Sanchez doesn't get hurt. But they're two for two on their starting quarterbacks breaking their fibula. So Mark Sanchez should be very careful on Sunday. <laughs> I, uh, I, I agree. It's just it's, it's a weird statistic, but it's a it's a... It's one to point out when your team's two and two on broken fibulas with the quarterback position. Yeah, just about everyone in Washington's like on IR now, but yeah. that's besides the point. I mean, they're not the only team though. Go, speaking of IR teams and quarterback carousels, the Buccaneers are another team with just plagued with injuries. We say week in and week out. We talk about the quarterback being swapped weekend and week out. I, I can't even tell you who's starting a quarterback. Like I couldn't tell you last week for the Buccaneers. I think it's Jameis Winston. I'm pretty sure, right, Michael? I'm pretty sure it's Jameis. Jameis, I, for maybe for like the first quarter, then Ryan Fitzpatrick will come in. But our next game, we've got the Saints at the Buccaneers. The Saints were actually held to their lowest amount of points this season in a stunner loss against the Cowboys last Thursday night. They only had ten points last week. And just to put that into comparison, their second lowest points this season was twenty three against Cleveland, which that's an eleven point difference. Like, this Saints team puts up, like, almost 50 points, it seems, every single week, and they were held to 10. I will say, though, 
That was against a very good Dallas team. Dallas's defense is ranked fifth in the league right now. Tampa Bay's defense, I don't know if you want to take a guess, Michael. It's not ranked fifth, though. I'll let you know that. Well, yeah, all of their most of their defensive starters, starters. are like on IR and they yeah. have them like all year. Tampa Bay, it they're ranked twenty seventh. So the, I I can't really imagine a situation where this twenty seventh ranked defense, even though people you know the kind of the word around the league has been that you know Dallas kind of showed how to beat the Saints. All these other teams can now replicate that the difference is dallas is a good defense the the buccaneers aren't yeah they can try to replicate it they don't have the players on that defensive side of the ball healthy enough right now to stop alvin kamara mark ingram traquan smith you know michael thomas andrew breeze they they just don't and on top of that the saints haven't lost back-to-back games since week one and two of 2017 so it's been well over a year since the saints have lost two games in a row and i don't think gonna be just Mm-hmm. A routine bounce back game for New Orleans, I feel. A hundred percent. I I feel bad saying that because like the Buccaneers have feelings too. <laughs> I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure Dirk Cutter, another fan of First and Ten, is listening to this, shedding a couple tears hearing you say that, Michael. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Dirk. But uh, yeah, I agree. It's just it's a bounce back game for the Saints. You said it perfectly. I think they'll breeze by the Buccaneers and head start their winning streak again to finish off the season. Yeah. You know who does need and, a bounce-back uh, game, though? Both of the teams you're talking about next. Yeah, this is a bounce-back game for both the Falcons and Packers. Falcons are going to Green Bay for this game, and it, 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 you would think that, like, the because of, like, e- each team, you would see, and you would be like, oh, this is going to be a good game. But, like, it's not. And, like this is this is certainly not like anything close to like the NFC Championship game back in like 2016. And let me let me read you off like a couple of statistics here, Cage. Mm-hmm. Since that game, since the NFC Championship game in 2016, I mean, well, the the Packers are 11 six and one since losing to the Falcons in that game, Oof. and since losing to the Patriots in the Super Bowl one game later. The Falcons are fifteen and fifteen. Those are not, really, not the best. Not, not really like, yeah, fifteen and fifteen too. That's interesting as well. Yeah, it's just like weird the way that it happens. But at the same time, like that's that's not good at all. No, then neither of these teams, yeah, are in very good spots, and both have injuries. Yeah. Both have you know the, the Packers are now have to play with interim head coach Joe Philbin. Will be calling the plays. I mean, he you was presume. Miami's coach a while ago, right? Yeah, and he was the one that got fired on the plane back home to the states after they lost in London a couple seasons ago. Okay, yikes. Oh, yeah, he mind. was the one that they were flying from. They were literally on their private jet in the air, and just the the owners fired him. <laughs> we're just like, when you it's get like, back yeah, on Joe, the you... states, go home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Joe. Um, yeah, we're gonna let you go. Um. <laughs> By the way, do you do you prefer peanuts or crackers? <laughs> what, what, what do you want? <laughs> also, none, no um, alcohol on this flight back. Please keep it cheap. You're not on our team anymore. We don't not have to pay for that stuff. <laughs> yeah. And then he moved car. over to the uh, Packers. Um, but yeah, so I mean, in the past, in the past four games for the Falcons, they've lost all of them, but they haven't scored over twenty points in each game. In the in the last two games. They haven't even rushed over 35 yards. But, I mean, luckily for them, 
Um, the Packers on defense have not been that well at, um, to begin with either. Because they've, the they've Packers, been okay. Like, the definition well, of, like, okay. The Packers have allowed 23.9 points per game this season and 127.6 rushing yards per game. So their rushing defense. I mean, I feel like 23, that's that's not a bad number when you think about how many points teams score this year. That's true. But I agree, the rushing, they, they definitely mean, I, have I problems think, on the rushing side of the ball. Yeah, I, I think Atlanta will have to exploit that, and I think they will. Mm-hmm. I, I, I can't really see the Packers doing much for the rest of the season, so I think I'll take the the Falcons on this one. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Falcons. I think it'll be tough. I think the Packers will definitely squeak out a couple wins to end the year. I just think one week removed from a head coach, it's tough to win right away. Like, you now need to get used to a new mentality, a new kind of practice schedule, a new everything with Joe Philbin. I don't think they're going to be prepared, and I don't think they're going to beat the Falcons. I think I think the Falcons will win this game. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. Now, this next game, I apologize. I really can't think of any segues. I've let all of our fans down for my hot streak. But I will say this next game is surprisingly very interesting to me. And I was telling Michael before we record, I feel like I'm literally always talking about a Jets versus Bills game every week during our preview. <laughs> I don't know why. The Jets and Bills must love me. But I honestly think I covered this game every week, it seems like. I don't know. I must be going crazy. The definition of insanity is doing something over and over it's just again. It's like one of those matchups just happens every week. And every week. And it's always like mine. It's, it always seems like the Bills or Jets are like on the receiving end of like being like, oh, this is a bad game because of this team. But I don't. I honestly don't think this is a bad game. This is potentially, hopefully, Sam Darnold is healthy. This will be the first time Sam Darnold and Josh Allen play each other, which will be interesting. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, just that, trying to trying to worthwhile seeing. trying to find yeah trying to find something you know fun about this <laughs> two bad medium. teams. Yeah, happy being here. I mean, I I honestly, if Sam Darnold does play, I think I might want to put on this game or at least like flip yeah. through. I think it'll be cool I to mean, see because they're both in division. So they're going to be playing each other for a while at the very least the next couple of years, they'll yeah. be playing each other. So it'll be good kind of to get that perspective of it. Uh, I will say another interesting thing. You can go to this game. Uh, tickets are on sale in the single digits. So if we have any fans in the Buffalo area, I, if you're not doing anything <laughs> Sunday at one, you can buy a jets versus bills game for about seven to $9 pretty cheap take the whole family <laughs> spend under 50 bucks i think that's a deal <laughs> like it's like I, I i that's just like very funny to me because yeah ha, it's Same. just it's sad because how bad is your team and i mean i can't say anything that was i'm pretty sure our browns tickets last year when they were 0 and 14 were probably seven to nine dollars as well but it it's just funny to just see that's the state of the bills that they need people to come to their games. So they're selling tickets that cheap, but yeah, the bills, if you're a bills fan, you have the advantage or at least you would hope. So the jets are three and seven against their last 10 in the bills against the bills. So the jets do not play very well in Buffalo or against Buffalo, honestly, for that matter. Plus the fact that Josh Allen has been healthy now for a couple weeks where if Sam Darnold does play, this will be his first week back from healthy. So I think Josh Allen will be more ready to play. I think, I think the Bills are going to win this game. Yeah, I, I think I think Buffalo's got this one, mm. and 
yeah, there's really not much to talk about that game. No, there there but really like, isn't much to go. Yeah. I feel like I covered everything, and one of the biggest things was how tickets were single digits. So yeah. I, I think we can quickly I mean, move under this game before I cover Jets versus Bills next week on our podcast as well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this next game, there isn't really much to talk about either. It's um, Bengals going into L.A. to play the Chargers. And even Which is Chargers, basically like, a home game for the Bengals because there are like yeah. L.A. home games are a neutral zone yeah, apparently. The, <laughs> the Chargers are like one or two games behind the Chiefs for their division, but like there's still still no one in L.A. cares about them. <laughs> yeah, the, the Chargers just beat like Pittsburgh. That was a huge win for them. And mm. at the same time, <laughs> the Bengals just keep falling apart <laughs> because yeah. now A.J. Green is on IR. Mm. And now they're kind of putting Tyler Boyd in a position where he has to run the offense. Which Tyler he's, Boyd has played well this year. Um, he has the, played he's, well. But he's like, the number two he receiver against, on the lineup for people that don't know. but Yeah, he's he's the number two receiver, but he does well as the number two receiver. Mm. He, he like, if you put him up against like a number one corner, I don't think that's going to fare well, especially when you have Jeff Driscoll on your center. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Driscoll or Tom Savage. You never know. They could swap things Savage. around. But they I... Could, they might they might mess around. I agree. Yeah, I mean, this is this is just like an easy game for the Chargers. I, I mean, I, I do not see in any world, in any universe, the, the Bengals winning this one. True, very 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 true. I definitely have to go agree with you. Even with Melvin Gordon, I think it's actually a blessing the Chargers have to play the Bengals because although Alvin Eckler or Austin Eckler, I don't know why I said Alvin to be honest with you, <laughs> even though Austin Eckler didn't play that well. They are comfortable knowing the Bengals' defense is not good, and they can rest easy knowing Melvin Gordon can get a another week of getting healthy. Yeah, yeah. So I'm 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 taking the Chargers. Taking the Chargers. Yeah, I'm gonna go with the Chargers on that one. Going to another one of their divisional opponents, one that actually beat the Chargers recently and has been on a hot streak of late, is the Broncos going up against my Nick Mullins 49ers. Mullins mania, folks, I want you to know, is still a very big deal. I'm riding high on the Mullins train, regardless of the fact that he is 1-3 since he stomped the Raiders. Uh, <laughs> he won once, but he, he captured your heart in that he one won, win. That, that one win was all it needed for me to be in love of Nick Mullins, regardless of the fact that he has since then not put up any points and has been not playing that great. Nick Mullins is verified on Twitter, and all things are right in the world of Cage. But unfortunately, they have to play against a streaking Broncos team who is also on a three-game winning streak as well compared to some other teams in this league like the Seahawks. And they've bo- they've won a couple big games, unlike kind of what we talked about earlier with the Seahawks, how you know some of their wins you can questionable because they aren't good teams. The Broncos beat the Steelers, they beat the Chargers, and then they beat the Bengals who, you know, like we kind of mentioned, Bengals season is done. But two of those three games were, were tough games that nobody thought the Broncos were going to win. So... I think the Broncos are definitely starting to become a little bit, you know, more contenders. Philip Lindsay has had back-to-back 100-plus rushing games. Meanwhile, San Francisco is allowing about almost 110 rushing yards per game. So I think Philip Lindsay is still going to be a big factor this week. I think the Broncos, like the Chargers, have another kind of easier game, even though it's in San Francisco. I think Case Keenum gets another week to kind of get better at this offense. And I think they're going to kind of cruise through Nick Mullins. Mullins mania will still be riding. I'll just be crying a little bit after Sunday night. Yeah, yeah. Just, I mean, just a little thing to throw in here. Um, so I guess today at practice, n- now um, Denver is believing that Emmanuel Sanders may have torn his Achilles. Oh my God! Today. Wait, really? So, 
Yeah, this is this is like breaking stuff. This is breaking news. <laughs> as as we're, you hear that, we are breaking news for some of you folks. <laughs> but yeah, so, so Emmanuel Sanders, he might be done for the season now. So that's ooh, that's kind of like that's a, hopefully not. Obviously, we say this all the time whenever we talk about injuries. We don't want injuries to ever happen. I mean, that's a huge blow to the Broncos for their future chances. I don't think that affects them this week against the 49ers. But with tough games coming up with divisional games, they have to play Cleveland in prime time next week. I think that's that's going to be a big blow because Chris Harris Jr. is also out for a few weeks as well. They have to just sign uh, Jamar Taylor to take his place. So, yeah, I, I think Broncos still win this game. But breaking that news, Emmanuel Sanders might have torn his Achilles. That hurts the Broncos definitely going into like a playoff hope run. Yeah, I, I, I agree. But, I mean, obviously the Broncos aren't the only one facing a ton of injuries. Um, Michael, your next game, the Eagles have had their fair share of injuries this season. They have, and they're also playoff contenders like the Broncos. Mm. So, I, I think this is honestly going to be the game of the week. It's um Eagles-Cowboys in Dallas. The Cowboys are hot. They just they just took down the Saints. They took down the which, mighty I mean, Saints. I, I don't think a lot of us thought would happen. No. Really. I think... But, um, but like Philly is also on their own win streak. They're they're looking for their third straight with this game, and also Zach Ertz is now in the spotlight because he just broke the fran- the single season franchise like reception record. And there's still yeah, four I, games left. I I don't yeah. In week thirteen, Zach Ertz managed to get his ninety third reception. Can we like, like officially just happen? call Zach Ertz like a wide receiver? Can we I just say so. he's just we? he just put him in the slot and just yeah? Like, can we just say anyway. he's the Eagles like wide receiver one? Like especially yeah, like so like fantasy just make him a wide receiver imp- now. Yeah, so there are playoff implications for this game. Mm. So if the Cowboys win, it, they'll that means they will sweep the Eagles. Okay, and that will also mean that they have a two-game lead in, in the, the division? division. Yeah, with three games to go. Okay, so the Cowboys could solidify kind of their the lead in the division. Yeah, for now. Jason Garrett is going to keep that job, and that blows my mind. That's yeah, he, insane. It's when it finally matters, he's that, he's just that's doing crazy well. that he's going to keep this job. To me, I, I I mean, I'll let you tell you like I'll let you continue and say who you think is going to win, but mind blowing, folks. Yeah, Jason Garrett's like I I don't even know I don't even know what analogy to use, but I I could see the Cowboys winning, and I don't know about you, Cage, but I I, I think, think that. The Cowboys are just going to continue to roll. Uh, yeah, I think the Cowboys, like we said, they have the fifth-ranked defense for a reason. I think defense wins games. I think they're going to keep winning. Eagles have, like, no secondary help. They're they're so depleted. Darren Sproles finally came back, and he played well. I, I mean, but Darren Sproles isn't going to be their lead runner. Like, Darren Sproles, we know what he is. He's a gadget running back. It being in Dallas, I think, helps the Cowboys. Ezekiel Elliott could easily, like, lead the league in rushing ezekiel elliott's a monster lander leighton vanderish and jalen smith i think are the best linebacking duo in the league i'm gonna go with the cowboys i think they'll solidify their chance of winning the nfc east and kind of stagnate the eagles from making it into the playoffs i'm, I'm glad that you're finally getting leighton vanderish's name down slowly after like four weeks of talking only about only him. four episodes of talking about leighton vanderish and i'm i'm getting his name finally you know, this is progress. This is true progress. I think <laughs> I think we can add him to the list of fans of first and ten, and I think he's like giving a thumbs up right now as he's sitting and listening to our podcast with John Gruden and Dirk Coder. 
Yeah, we, we got the whole NFL listening to our podcast, I guess. <laughs> the whole NFL is a fan of First and Ten, so so should you. Follow us at First and Ten Pod at Twitter and First and Ten on Facebook. That's a good plug. That's thank you, plug. thank you. I, I, try, I try to sell it every now and again, folks. <laughs> but you know what probably won't be selling out, Michael, is the Steelers at Raiders game this week it really won't it uh people <laughs> I would as, not buy a ticket <laughs> i would not either even if it was single uh single digit ticket prices i don't think i would buy a ticket if i was an oakland raider fan to the tanking oakland raiders they're playing against the steelers and you know i'm not going to go into a lot of stuff we previously mentioned with our discussion of the week but john gruden obviously isn't really trying to win in oakland he'll win if he can but he wants to kind of get ready for las vegas he's playing the steelers Steelers though have lost two straight. They're uh they're kind of slipping. They're kind of, you know, one of the headlines we wanted to talk about, or I guess not headlines but recaps, was how the Chargers literally beat them last week because they had three offsides in a row. Like you don't get yeah. three offsides in a row for a game-winning field goal and expect to win that game. Like the Steelers arguably are one of the most undisciplined teams in the league, and I'm not trying to bash the Steelers. There's just facts to it. They they threw that game away, and now because of that, they've lost two in a row. It's going to be very tough for them to get a first round by. Almost impossible at this point with how hot the Chiefs, Patriots, and Texans have been. Weren't you um also saying? I mean, before this, before we started recording, mm. didn't didn't you say that this might be a trap game? I I I, I also I think that's just like the Pats Dolphins. I think this is another trap game. Some of the stuff I was looking up, Big Ben, since he's been in the league, is only 3-4 and four against Oakland. So he's won three, lost four games uh, out of the seven they've played. He's never won in Oakland. So in his whole career, he's never won a game in Oakland Coliseum, in the Coliseum. So Big Ben, we know, has a history of not playing well against the black and silver. Well... Regardless, you can make the argument, Michael, that he might not have played an Oakland Raiders team this bad, but I mean, he's definitely played bad Oakland Raiders team. They've had a history since he's been in the league of not being that great. No offense to Raiders fans that are listening. But also a reason I think this could like be a John trap Gruden. game. <laughs> yeah, like John Gruden. John Gruden, I'm really sorry. Don't I, we were, I was hyping you up earlier. Don't, don't take offense to this. Derek Carr, though, he's playing well. Ever since he said that remarks a few weeks ago, Michael, about how like he doesn't know what tankings, he's not trying to tank. He's gone seven games in 148 passes without an interception. That is a very good he's, statistic. He's and it's crazy to me that they're still losing games because of that. Like that just kind of shows how little other te- other players on his team are trying, and also how thin they are at these positions or like skill wise. That he's playing well. But he's still losing these games because the rest of his team just isn't good. Like, his number one person he goes to is Jared Cook. And nobody even remembered who Jared Cook was until this year because he's been kind of obsolete for the past seven. Yeah. Uh, I think um, Green Bay should take a couple notes from what's going on in Oakland because a one-man band cannot win games. Nope. And, I mean, as good as Aaron Rodgers is, I feel like, you know. It's, kinda... it's kind of a similar situation just for a longer yeah. period of time. Yeah, I, I'm honestly going with the Raiders. I think they'll stun the Steelers. I think they'll lose three straight. Big Ben will still have a bad record against Oakland, especially in Oakland. And uh, I think Derek Carr will finally win another game for his, quote, not tanking team. You know, uh, I, I'm going to play it safe and go with the Steelers, but I would love to see You know what Oakland happened get, like, last a week big win. when you played it safe and went with the Packers against the Cardinals? You know? You lost. <laughs> And speaking of the Cardinals, I'd love to hear your takes on this week game for my yeah. <laughs> reason Cardinals Mike McCarthy are... got fired. 
the the Cardinals are riding high actually coming back <laughs> home. They're playing um Detroit. Um the only really big thing to talk about for this game is that the Cardinals are starting three rookies in their offensive line. Mm. Other than that, I feel like I would like to see the Cardinals get a home win, but I think obviously Detroit has the offensive advantage here. Yeah. So I'm going to go with Detroit. Yeah, I, I mean, I will say, though, imagine how much of a morale and confidence boost it must be for your team to get back on that plane after that win in Lambeau when no one thought you would win and everyone on the team is reading, scrolling through Twitter, hitting up Instagram, and they're just reading that the Packers fired their head coach because they lost to you. <laughs> I would be celebrating. I would be, like, hyping ourselves up. I think the Cardinals are riding high as, you know – it's it's weird because the Cardinals, like the Raiders, just don't have good positions. Actually, Christian Kirk, one of the standout rookies we talked about from a few weeks ago, was put on IR yesterday. So his season's over. So Josh Rosen is losing another key piece to kind of get chemistry with and learn and pass to. It's just the Raiders. I don't. I'm not the Raiders. Unlike the Raiders, the Cardinals. I don't think are tanking. I just unfortunately don't think they have good players on their team right now and I think that win against Packers was more so their team kind of trying to show the organization hey don't fire Steve Wilkes he's not the reason we're losing we just need to get better players I think they could beat the Lions um but I do agree with you I think starting three rookies on the O-line is going to be tough Ziggy Ansah is a good player uh, Matthew Stafford isn't bad and you know Kenny Galladay LeGarrette Blunt they have pieces that are kind of going to light up this weaker Cardinals defense as much as I think and would love to take the Cardinals two we- you know what you know what I'm going to pause right there Michael I'm going to take the Cardinals two weeks in a row I- I'm <laughs> going to say bashing the Cardinals I- and I- go straight to yeah them. <laughs> whoa 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 I said that they were riding high on the plane ride I wasn't bashing them I was just saying they just unfortunately don't have a lot of skill position players that are like high level, which is true. I agree. And I think for that reason, I think the Cardinals are just kind of doing their own thing. Mm. I think they're not trying to like, I I don't think they're trying to lose. They're not tanking, obviously, but like, I think they're just trying to get like a couple good wins for just, just pride and something to build off for next season. So maybe like they could beat Detroit, but like Detroit at the same time has like, a pretty established team unlike the Packers. I agree, I agree. I I'm just going to go ride high though. I'm going to I'm going to stick with the Cardinals until they lose. <laughs> until they prove me otherwise, I'm going with Arizona. Yeah. I mean, and also you have <laughs> unlike this game, you you're going to be talking about probably the best game of the week besides True. I mean Philly and Dallas. And a few other yeah, this is another huge game and I mean kind of speaking of proving us otherwise, the Bears are going to have to prove us prove to us that they are legit Super Bowl contenders and have to play the Rams. Sunday night football. So on Sunday night football, uh, this is a huge game for many reasons. This is a playoff implication game. Like I just said, the Bears have to prove to us that they are legit. They can win. You know, they made that great comeback almost against the Giants, a game that they really, everyone thought they lost in the first half. But the Rams are much better than the Giants. I Credit to do, Mitch Trubisky could come back, but as of now, as we're recording this, it's still Chase Daniel's show, and still is to run. It all, I, it I, all depends. Mm-hmm. It all depends. Oh yeah, sorry. Um, no worries. It, it all depends on like if Mitch, Mitch Trubisky does come back. I I think that's I a like huge factor. Tr- 
if Trubisky comes back, then this is probably going to be one of the biggest Sunday night games of the year. I, I think, though, Ch- Chicago's defense, like we kind of said, Khalil Max changed it. They they do have some good going for them. They're only allowing 85 rushing yards a game. Well, you know, the Rams are averaging about 140, which is number two in the league. So the Rams, if if Chicago can hold Todd Gurley, which it'll have to be mainly Todd Gurley because earlier this week, another player that went on IR, <clears throat> or not IR, but season could be done, is uh, Malcolm Brown, their backup running back, who not many people really have heard about him or talked about Malcolm Brown, but he's played a very big part in this offense because he's been the reason that Todd Gurley has been able to get take breathers, go back on the sidelines for a couple plays. Because they've had this, you know, decent quality backup running back that, you know, Todd Gurley runs for a big yard. They can throw him out there, have Malcolm Brown be on for a couple plays, and then have Todd Gurley with, you know, fresh legs go back on the field. Malcolm Brown's out. I honestly don't know who their new backup is, and it kind of means they're going to have to rely on Gurley for most of the time. They won't be able to take him off the field against one of the best rushing defenses in the league. Their third, um... Just to throw this out here, their, their third string running back is Justin Davis. Ja, who I've, I don't know about you, Michael. I've never heard of Justin Davis before. I have never heard of yeah. him either. So but if, yeah, if that, Chicago that is one... Solidi- yeah, that solidifies your point. If Chicago is one glimmer of hope, if Trubisky can't play, it's that their defense, their rushing defense, needs to play as well if they've been playing all year if they want to win this game. And if being in Chicago helps, I still think the Rams are going to win. I just think the Rams are just a phenomenal team i mean there's they're easy it's easy reason why them and the saints are the super bowl favorites especially after their monday night football game against the chiefs i I think the rams still win i think they're more of a threat besides running the ball um i think they can just pass the ball around jared goff will be fine i I just their the rams offensive line is good so i'm gonna go with the rams still i think they'll still win this game but i think the bears need to win this game so I'm going with the Rams, yeah, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Bears win because they know how badly they need to win this game. Yeah, there's there's a lot more riding right now for Chicago than L.A., but mm-hmm. I feel like the Rams will pull out a win. It'll, it'll definitely be a lot closer once yeah. we find out that Mitch Trubisky is either playing or not. If mm-hmm. he plays, then it's going to be a good game. If it's not, it's going to be just even harder for Chicago to pull out a win. Yeah. True. Another big game, though, and honestly, the final game for a preview, Michael, you're covering um, with just as big playoff implications, kind of like we foreshadowed, is the Vikings against the Seahawks. Yeah, yeah, that's going to be another really good game. I mean, this is probably the first time this year, this season, that like Sunday night and Monday night games are actually like both good. But like, I'm just mad that like Tessitore, like Jason Witten and Booger McFarland have this game. It's unfortunate, um, but we've got to ride with the Booger Mobile yeah, for another week. It, it, it's unfortunate, but I mean the Seahawks, like I said, they're on a win streak. The Vikings are coming off a loss, but I mean they're playing. I mean Dalvin Cook is coming back. He mm. he's getting back to like he's getting things going. He had 95 yards on 13 carries against New England, and I I think that that's going to really help Minnesota. Mm-hmm. But I mean. But both of these teams right now are in their wild card. They're both in a wild card spot. I think Minnesota has the fifth seed and Seattle has the yeah. sixth seed. But even if Seattle loses and Washington loses, Seattle will still hold on to that sixth seed. So I think that like there's just a lot more riding for Minnesota right now than Seattle. But like at the same time, Seattle wants to make that statement like we talked about earlier. To like they, they want to show just, up when they're legit. Yeah, and, and they just the, want to show that they're legit. 
Being the Vikings would be a, a very good case because it would be the best team they've beaten in their winning streak so far. I, I just think the Vikings, I mean, the Vikings played well against the Patriots. It was honestly 10-10 to 10 until, like, Tom Brady got his 1,000 yards rushing Mr. 1K and yeah. ran away with the game. <laughs> ran away, literal, uh, literal speaking. Yeah. But I, I just think the Vikings have an edge. I think Seattle isn't that tough in an environment to play in like it used to be. And I think they've just got a lot more weapons going around, like with Dalvin Cook, Adam Thielen, Stefan Diggs, Kyle Rudolph. I see them still winning because, like you said, it, it's huge. They need to win this game because if the Bears lose and the Vikings win, the, the Vikings are very close. to They're still in the for winning the division. And I think depending on how Sunday night football goes, motivates the Vikings even more. I'm going to go with the Vikings on this one. But the Seahawks, they, they, I'd love to see them keep their streak and kind of, like I said, prove to the world that they are contenders. But I think the Vikings just have the better team and they need to at least kind of stick with almost like a chance to win the NFC North. I'm going to go with Seattle this game because I think there's I mean, I, I really want them to make that statement win. And yeah, I think their defense is kind of coming alive. Bobby Wagner has taken kind of a leadership role. Because he's like the last remaining member of the Legion of Boom. Yeah. Um, he had a pick six last week, too. Uh, yeah, so, that's your nine longest. I think it was the longest I, uh, pick six in, Seah- in Seahawks history. Yeah, and I, I think that uh, being at home for this game is really going to help Seattle. And mm. I think our, I think Danger Russell Bustle. Hustle the Hustle Man Wilson. The Hustle Man Wilson. Yeah, the Hustle Man. Um, I, think, I think he's going to do well. Yeah, just because it's at home, it's it's like a low pressure game for him, or there's less pressure on him than Kirk Cousins. I so, agree. You know, Michael, Hawks. we uh we really should we say this every week. Uh, we should start writing this down, man. Maybe one week. Yeah. Maybe maybe one week. <laughs> maybe before the playoffs, we'll officially start to write down who we think's gonna win. But uh, yeah, regardless, we, we, that's we that's, really gotta write down our takes here. That's for episode five for us to say the same thing and be like, we should really start writing down our takes. Maybe one week, folks. Probably not. It would be cool though, so we can keep track. All I know is I predicted for the Cardinals to beat the Packers, and I'll hold true to that for probably the rest of my life. <laughs> With that though, statement win. Statement win, folks. The Cardinals riding high. Uh, that uh, does close off our week fourteen preview of all of our games. Which now leads us to my favorite part of the show, Michael. Grandma's cookies. Yeah, Cage, so, I'm, getting, I'm getting a little hungry, not gonna lie. I, I'm getting, I definitely have not eaten yet today, even though I should be losing a couple uh, pounds for this wedding I got coming up. It's uh, <laughs> never, never an opportunity to say no to grandma and her cookies. However, Michael, our grandma's really slacking with these cookies these past few weeks. I thought, yeah, I thought I mean, we sat down with Nana's and I thought we kind of gave them the one two on the recipes, but. You know, second week in a row, they're 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 burning to a crisp. We have not been able to replicate our grandma's cookies recipes too well in the past no, couple of weeks. No, unfortunately, unfortunately <laughs> not. It's been a little bit uh burn. I think this week, my grandma forgot to put chocolate chips in them, so it was just kind of baked d- dough. It was bad. It was it was not yeah. good for me. It was a- not good Austin Eckler heard about how you know my grandma was making cookies. And he was like, hold on, you know, I got to lose a few pounds. And grandma kind of shoved those cookies in Austin's face. And Austin Eckler ran for 21 yards against the Chargers. 
He was a little weighted down. He was he a little looked, weighted down. too much. Yeah. Meanwhile, I believe, Michael, you, uh, the AFC North didn't have the best Week 13 showing either, yeah. huh? Only <laughs> The only AFC North team that won was Baltimore, and Lamar Jackson got concussed. Throughout that so, game. So is that really a win, though? It's not really. Yeah. But however, Cage, I, mm. I think I think my, my, my pick this week is kind of foolproof. You think Grandma and, got, the, got the recipe right this week? Yeah. And, I'd love I mean, to hear as it. I, as I was alluding to, probably half an hour ago mm. while we were recording this um backtracking to the texans and colts game mm-hmm. i think that ty hilton is going to be my pick this week because mm. let, let me read you off his stats playing in houston for his career okay so in, in six games he has 32 catches for 734 yards and six touchdowns those that's are like, very good stats that's about like five or six receptions about 150-ish yards and a touchdown each game. So he's, he's if history does him well, he's going to have another performance like that this week. Though, those I, are, I, I think he... yeah, those are very good stats for T.Y. Hilton. Looking looking those up now as well as we speak, I apologize. So you think, you think T.Y. is the secret ingredient your grandma needed to perfect those cookies this week? I think so, yeah. Interesting. I, I, I'm going to stick... Stick with the AFC for my for my grandma. My grandma's a big fan of the AFC this week, like you. I'm going with the uh, Ravens defense versus Patrick Mahomes. I think my grandma is That's my a... n- grandma Nana DePaulo has been hyping up this matchup, and Those I think are some there there's some <laughs> there's some they're like sugar cookies. You just you're 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 hyped up. You're jumping out of your seat watching it, Grandma. I think watching this. Number one Ravens points allowed defense versus Patrick Mahomes in the number one scoring offense always is a good game. People are always excited when this matchup happens, you know, whether it was the 2015 Broncos versus the Patriots or, you know, regard like the, the 2013 um, Seahawks versus the Broncos. The number one scoring defense versus the number one scoring offense is always a great game to watch. I think this will be one of the biggest tests for Patrick Mahomes. I think this is going to be one of the biggest tests for the Ravens as a whole if they're actual contenders. My grandma has not stopped talking about them, and I think that's my grandma's cookies for the week, Michael. I like it. I, re- I really like it. Hopefully, um, you so- know, hopefully we can't go 0-6, right? Like, because grandma can't, can't. Grandma, grandma Clement and Grandma DePaulo can't mess up three weeks in a row. Right? Yeah, there's no way. There's no way. <laughs> yeah, I mean... <laughs> We'll have to see. And we'll I have to see. Good, I think this is a good place to wrap things up. To wrap Cage, things do you wanna, up. Do you want to wrap it up Of for course, us? yeah. So uh, hopefully you all enjoyed this week of First and Ten. As always, we'd love if you give us a follow on our social media, at First and Number Ten Pod for Twitter. And Facebook is First and the symbol, like and, and then Number Ten. Um, we definitely love to give us a follow. Definitely share. Tell your friends around. We're hoping for next week, if not next week, the week after to finally be on Spotify and Apple Music, which is a huge step. will definitely be very exciting to kind of push that out there. It'll be easier to kind of promote as well if we're on sources like that. But, folks, it's uh, been a pleasure. Michael, I look forward to finally doing this live with you next week, five feet from my washer instead of 75 miles away. Mm. So will the the dynamic duo be reunited? But it's been a yeah, blast. We'll be back to live Hopefully next you week. enjoyed. I'm, Definitely I'm, leave feedback. 
you know, write to us weekend. on our social media if you'd love but, to talk yeah. or start discussions. Give us discussions. I mean, a lot of these discussions we've been talking about the last few weeks have been from peers and friends that have wanted us to talk about this. We love talking about football, and we'll keep doing it. Michael, I'll see you next week.